Welcome to the Fierce Authenticity Podcast, where we're illuminating and dismantling all of the ways supremacy culture has impacted our relationships with ourselves, with source, and with others. Not just the overt ways, like racism, sexism, ageism, alcoholism, and all the other isms, but also the sneaky, cunning ways you wouldn't have thought of, like perfectionism, imposter syndrome, judgment, burnout, the not enoughs, and the hustle to achieve. I'm your hostess, Sharani M. Batuk, and I'm a relationship therapist, leadership development consultant, and author of the book series, Fierce Authenticity. Whether you're a returning listener or you're new here, I want to extend a very warm welcome to you and invite you to connect with me through the Fierce Authenticity newsletter community. If you're ready to rise above an inherited systematic invasion rooted in fear and lack so that you can calm and refocus those energies towards reclaiming a fiercely authentic personal relationship grounded in an abundance and love that is so radiant all your other relationships are elevated with you, then this is the space for you. I invite you to visit www.fierceauthenticity.com slash connect to join me. I'm so excited that you're here. And now let's dive in. Welcome back to another episode of the podcast. I'm curious to hear what you thought about last week's episode where I shared about the recovery, the healing, the power that has happened over the last year. So I invite you to send me a message. Find me on LinkedIn or find me on Instagram at Sharani M. Batak and let me know what you thought because in it I shared not only what's gone down over the last year since the failure to launch, quote unquote, failure to launch of my previous program and offering, but also just what has become so crystal clear for me. And I did share very vulnerably, so vulnerably that I actually cried on air. So if you have not listened to that episode, please go back and listen. And, you know, at the end of that episode, I shared that I chose to leave the tears there and I chose to leave the breath there because that's an example of how we regulate ourselves when anything arises and especially when supremacy culture tries to come in and hijack us. Let's talk about that. So I'm not saying that I became emotional and started shedding tears because, um, or that that was why I needed to regulate myself. There is absolutely nothing wrong with tears. Tears are actually really good. And they signal to our nervous system that it's safe enough to cry. So Just want to put that out there first, y'all. You guys, as my listeners and my community, I feel safe enough here with you to share those tears with you. And that is big. So I thank you for that. 
and for creating the space where I can show up vulnerably in that way. And so it's not about the tears that needed to be regulated. Those still fell, even as I continued the podcast and speaking into it. But what it's about is I was sharing a deeply vulnerable moment in my story and my family's story that I have never publicly shared, you guys, ever. And as I was sharing that, because supremacy culture doesn't do vulnerability, and supremacy culture sure as heck does not want you to speak up and speak out about the fucked up shit that it does, So the reason I needed to regulate and take those deep breaths and engage in the practices of connecting with my breath and my body and allowing the tears to fall and just to breathe and know that I am safe right here, right now, today, because had I let myself fall apart, quote unquote, then supremacy culture would have won. Because I wouldn't have been honest, open, and vulnerable with you. I wouldn't have been able to continue the recording to share with you the message that needed to come through for that episode. And so that's why I let myself on air feel the feelings Let the tears fall. I think I have an episode (laughs) called Let the Tears Fall. It's either a love note or an all-out episode, but that's why I let the tears fall. And that's why I breathed and regulated so that I could do what I'm here to do. And that is to illuminate And speak up against all these ways that for more than 5,000 years, supremacy culture has traumatized us, conditioned us, programmed us, and quite frankly, has created the world that we see today, a world where hate is spread like wildfire It's funny I should say that considering I live in California where wildfire season is earlier and earlier and longer and longer because of the ways that we've even enacted violence towards our land and the original stewards of the land. That's why it's important that I regulated myself so that I could continue to share that message. And I allowed myself to do the regulating on air so that you could experience in real time what it looks like, what it feels like to engage in that practice of pausing, of breathing, of noticing, of regulating. As I said last episode, that is the practice, you guys. That is the basic, basic foundation of the practice. Because in that moment of pause, in that moment of breath, we disengage or disarm the 
system that wants to react. And we can see what's actually happening here. And what was happening is I was being vulnerable and I was sharing. Just one of the small ways that supremacy culture's trauma is in my family's blood, our bodies, and our DNA. And I also mentioned last week and have been mentioning over and over again that this is actually 5,000 plus years of trauma that we're dealing with. I believe I had shared it in the episode about the behind the scenes of writing the book. And if I didn't, I'll share it. And if I did, I'll share it again. But there's a whole chapter dedicated to looking at the history of where did this originally come from? Where did that original relational rupture come from? The original trauma that we experienced in the experience of humanity because everything in me knew that the Middle Ages with Euro colonization was not when supremacy culture began. That's when white body supremacy culture began. But the pattern of supremacy culture has been with us since the first known recorded civilization, the ancient Sumerian civilization. And in the book, I share the history of that. So basically, whenever I thought about supremacy's conditioning and supremacy culture, even though everyone looks at it from the window of time from the Middle Ages with Euro colonization and how white-bodied ones went around the world and killed people and converted them and dehumanized them and all that other good stuff. But everything in me knew that this was so much bigger than that and so much older than that. And the reason I'm saying that, so one of my superpowers is to be able to look at all the pieces of information and then to zoom out and look at the bigger picture that it forms, especially when it comes to these patterns of pain and trauma in our relationships. And so everything in me knew that if I were to zoom out Supremacy culture did not begin with Euro colonization. And everything in me told me supremacy culture, the original relational rupture, began way back in ancient Sumer. And you guys, if you don't know about the ancient Sumerian civilization, that civilization began somewhere between six and eight thousand years ago between five and six thousand before common era bce (laughs) that is when everything in my brain and body was telling me that this began and not necessarily that it began there but there was something telling me like that's where to look if you want to know where the original rupture occurred in our relationships And so sure enough, I did the research and first known recorded war was in, um, I'm going to butcher it right now, I'm totally going to botch it, but it was about 
2700 BCE. You guys, we're just in 2021 right now. That's the first known recorded war in history. So supremacy culture did not begin in the Middle Ages with Euro colonization. It started more than 5,000 years ago when the first peoples decided to conquer another people's, usurp their power, dominate them, and keep them oppressed. That's when this started. And so that's why you're going to start hearing me talk more and more about the fact that what we're doing here is healing 5,000 plus years of trauma that we have experienced as a collective, as a humanity throughout time that all had its origin when one person or group of persons attempted to dominate and take over control of the sovereignty and autonomy of another. And then used these oppressive practices, most of them of violence and disconnection, to keep people oppressed. The dynamic of one is superior while the other is inferior. But really, that person who believes themselves to be superior or that group that believes themselves to be superior, what they're operating out is an operating from is an intense amount of fear. Because if you're better than someone and someone is worse than you, then that means that somewhere out there in the world, someone else might be better than you and you might be inferior to someone else. And so you do whatever it takes to ensure that nobody else ever is powerful enough, quote unquote powerful enough, to conquer you and be superior to you. And one thing that I learned from Milagros Phillips, who was our first guest this season, is this quote that she shares that traumatized people are destabilized people and destabilized people are easier to control and that violence is one of the best ways to traumatize and destabilize people. And the thing is, that pain, that trauma, that suffering, it never got healed, you guys. That's why I shared the episodes in the preseason review of intergenerational trauma and your nervous system and collective trauma, because I need you to know how this all works and plays together, the impact that it has made on the ways that our brains and our bodies function 
Granted, some of it is evolutionary. We came with it with our reptilian brain or whatever that limbic brain is called. I'm not recalling it right now, but that fight-flight brain. Yes, some of this has been with us since then. And supremacy culture really took that and used it to its advantage. Used it to its advantage in the way that it played, unknowingly, of course, but it played on the way our brain and body is already structured to react or respond to threat and danger. And by playing upon that with the violence to destabilize or to traumatize and destabilize, that's affected how our DNA is encoded, how it's expressed, what we respond to, what we're overly sensitive to as a dangerous or threatening condition or person in our environment. That's what epigenetics teaches us. And so that's why you're going to start hearing me talk more and more about this as healing 5,000 plus years of humanity's trauma, the trauma that we have endured as an entire collective humanity at the hands of supremacies, violence, and oppression, because that's what we're carrying around. That's why we get highly reactive. That's why we get into these better than, less than patterns. It's why we fall into the traps of the not enoughs and comparisonitis. There's a reason we do this. And it's time that we heal this. So we've got 5,000 plus years of trauma to heal. And it may seem really big and it may seem really overwhelming, but it's really simple, you guys. Pause, breathe, notice, regulate. And then breathe again and notice again. Over and over and over. And the thing that you're going to be noticing is are you operating from fear? Are you operating from a survival response, a trauma response, a trauma adaptation? Are you responding from there? Or actually, are you reacting from there? Or are you responding from a place of understanding what is happening in your brain? What is happening in your body? What conditions, programming lies you're operating from? And how you can course correct to take the right action that supports and promotes love and healing, not fear, destruction, and further violence and oppression. So that's what we're doing. 
and I'm so glad you're here. And like I said at the start of this episode, I would love for you to send me a message and let me know, are you in? (laughs) And what do you think of this? I really want to know. I want to hear from you, dear listener, what is being activated in your brain and in your body as you hear me speak about this. And with that, we'll be back together again next week. Take really good care. I want to take a moment to honor and acknowledge the amazing support team that helps make this podcast possible for you. Starting with Diego Velazquez, our podcast editor and the talented artist who created our custom music. Ana Olvina, my wonderful assistant who creates all of our beautiful graphics and the transcript of every episode, which you can find over at www.fierceauthenticity.com. Biana Sandich, who writes our amazing show notes and does it so well that I bet you couldn't tell it wasn't me. The talented Jillian at Epoxy Studios, whose photography is our cover art and pretty much every other curated image that you see of me on social media. My husband, who puts up with me when it's 11.30 p.m. on a Sunday night and I'm like, hey babe, I gotta record a podcast episode. Like, right now. Is that okay? My higher power, whose divine wisdom flows through me to bring these messages to you. And last but not least, I want to thank you, my listener, so much for listening in. If you'd like to join the podcast support team, some ways you can do so are by rating and reviewing the podcast, sharing it with everyone you know, and if possible, making a financial contribution through the link in the show notes so that you too can be part of the team elevating this podcast and making it possible to bring to other listeners like you. I'm sending you so much love and we will be together again soon.